Happy New Year, folks. This is Abel James, and you're listening to the Fat Burning Man Show. Wanted to make sure that you get the new year started off right, so today I brought in Todd Herman, who's an expert of the mental game, and he's going to share some tips that are going to help you build your confidence, introduce positive habits into your life, and improve your performance, whether you're an Olympic athlete or a desk jockey. Now, before we get to the show, I wanted to let you know that we have a few New Year's specials. Firstly, I've opened up a few more spots in the Lean Body community, which is my personal coaching site, where you get my ebook, The Wild Diet, as well as a 30-day fat loss system, a video training course, as well as email coaching from me and my research assistant, Chris, to help you meet your health, performance, and fat loss goals. So I've opened up a few spots at the beginning of this year. You can get everything when you sign up for $1, which is normally $97 a month. So if you're interested in joining us, hop on over to leanbodycommunity.com or you can go to fatburningman.com and check out the show notes. And there's been a lot of positive feedback about the cookbook I did with George Bryant. You can check that out at cavemanfeast.com for New Year's weekend, the next 48 hours. We're going to be offering that for 60% off. So if you want to make the best pulled pork of your life, that's the place to do it. George actually just surprised me. After we visited him out in California after the holidays, I got to my doorstep and the UPS man came and handed me a big box with a crock pot in it with a message from some civilized caveman guy. What a sweet dude. So I'm definitely going to be picking up some pork shoulder tomorrow and making a bucket load of pulled pork. All right, so on to the show. Today's show is with Todd Herman. And Todd has helped over 12,000 athletes from 31 countries and 59 different sports earn scholarships, make professional teams, win gold medals, and break records using the secrets of the mental game. Specifically, he works on reducing stress, avoiding game distractions, conquering negative thinking, and addressing poor game planning. So given it's the start of a new year, I think we could all use a little hand in building our confidence and crushing our New Year's resolutions, don't you? It's all mental, folks, so listen up. In today's show, Todd and I cover how you can use the mental game to make your New Year's resolutions come true, how to incorporate visualization into your workouts for killer results, how Todd broke his neck in a freak diving accident and joined the 0.3% who made a full recovery, and finally, how the doozers in Fraggle Rock can help you create positive habits in your life. All right, let's go hang out with Todd. Folks, today we're here with Todd Herman, an expert of the mental game and an advisor to professional and Olympic and developing athletes all over the world. How's it going, Todd? I'm fantastic. Yourself? I'm doing great today. So for those people out there who might not know who you are, um, what's your background and why should we all listen to you? <laughs> great question. My background is I was a college football player and I was also a nationally ranked badminton player. Played a lot of sports growing up. I was a, I'm a farm kid that was always kept active by my parents because I pr probably would have burned down our farm and ranch if, <laughs> if they didn't keep me busy. I believe that. But um, when I was a young when I was a young athlete uh, growing up, I was uh, I was the type that was could pick up a sport pretty quickly. But uh, my my attitude and my mental game was was the weak part. Now when I was a kid, I didn't mm -hmm. realize it was my mental game. I just um, you know if. I was going up against a team or another athlete that I perceived as being better than me or whatever, all that kind of judgment and inner criticism would, you know, basically halt performance yeah. and you know, limit potential. A lot of us have that in some sort of way. And a coach of mine, very astute, very smart person and still a good friend, Mr. Anderson, pulled me aside and handed me a book on, you know, leadership and sort of the mental game. And I got engaged in the content and I just 
that book led to multiple more books and research when I was, you know, 15, 16 on developing this, you know, inner game, whether it was visualization or breathing strategies and stuff. And I developed a system for myself, not realizing it necessarily, of finding the zone and getting into the flow state. And I did that consistently as an athlete. Um, and when I finished playing college football, like most athletes, you might get involved with volunteering and coaching and things like that. And I would actually talk to the athletes more about, you know, you don't need to work harder. You're already working hard. Yeah. It's not that you lack the work ethic or it's not that you're not tall enough or strong enough. It's that it's the six inches between your ears you need to work on. Mm -hmm. And so I would just give them strategies and they would start to get great results and sort of word spread from that a little bit. And this was not a business or anything. This was just me, you know, coaching, um, volunteering and a good friend of mine, I'm from Canada. One of my good friends, um, Eric Morissette is one of the top NHL, uh, hockey trainers and he runs a big academy in Canada. And he said, geez, you know so much about this mental stuff. Would you mind coming in and doing a workshop with the academy? So I said, yes. Mm -hmm. And a couple of workshops. And again, I'm not getting paid for this is just essentially a hobby. And, but I was, I continued all my research. I just loved it because now I'm a business owner and you know, the, my business is only going to grow as much as I do as a human being. Mm -hmm. And these, these kids got some great results. And some of the parents came to me and said, Hey, you know, how much would you charge to mentor that business side of my said, well, maybe there's a business here or something. And so I reluctantly set a number and, and I continued to do speeches because I recognized that that was a great way to share this information. Mm -hmm. And it exploded. And in three months, I had this waiting list of people working with me. Um, and that was basically it. And it's really a blend of, so some people think it's psychology or call it sports psychology. And really, it has more to do with just um, behavioral psychology or yeah. and uh, neuroscience. I mean, we're built in a, in a certain way. Now, a lot of stuff that gets passed around in the self-help quote unquote world is, you know, we have these beliefs and I try to get people away from this idea of calling it a belief, like whether it's, you know, if you, if you've struggled with weight or if you struggle with um, a certain performance threshold that you just can't seem to burst through mm -hmm. and people start to describe it as, well, that's just me. And then they start ta attaching words to it. Like, oh, well that's and some people, someone says, oh, well, that's just a belief that you have. And a belief is just a word that we're using to describe a certain condition in our mind. It's just a conglomeration of a bunch of nerves and neurons connected together to create a easy form of thinking so that we don't have to relearn who we are every single day. <laughs> I like uh, that. And, and so like I'm trying to get people past this idea of making you know, change and who we are as a person like mysterious and some yeah. big myth. It's not. It's just mm -hmm. if you do certain things in a certain way and you don't – attach a whole bunch of power uh, uh, of your own power to something outside of you and you take control of it, you can reach um, performance changes in your life extremely quickly. It doesn't have to take months and years and you don't need to go to therapy sessions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, so you're the first guest for the yeah. new year and, and a lot of people are, uh, you know, scrambling to get there their lives in order and, and redo everything, reinvent themselves, really. Um, but I, I recently read something that it, it's like 92%, 95%, maybe even 97% of New Year's resolutions fail completely. So what can people do when they actually see something 
that they want to change about their life or a new person they want to become, how can they do it and, and how can they not fail like most people do? Well, I mean, that's a fairly loaded question. <laughs> but here's the biggest mistake I see people make when they're going through setting new goals or setting new resolutions. I'll, I'll kind of list off a bunch of them. One is they try to bite off far more than they can chew. Mm -hmm. um, and any amount of change or even who Abel is today or who Todd is today is really just a product of a, a series of small tiny little decisions, tiny little actions, small little nudges that we wouldn't even have noticed back when we started a, a trajectory of our life. And mm -hmm. the example that I give people is if you and I were walking down the street together and I gave you a huge shove to knock you off your path, you're going to notice it and you're probably going to dislike it yeah. as well. Um, and that's what people do when they try to set up new resolutions and goals and you know some sort of new habit change for themselves is they give their internal kid inside of them that doesn't really like change too much this massive shove like it's a major jarring event and immediately that kind of internal talk that we have in our head goes whoa whoa whoa, whoa. this isn't what i'm used to this isn't and it tries to maneuver you back into this comfort zone that you were mm -hmm. and that you were in and so the easiest way is if you were not walking down the street and I slowly started to take a little bit of your ground. You know, I, it's not necessarily noticeable. It's just sort of me rubbing my shoulder up against you and I'm maybe nudging you just a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then slowly but surely by the process of your trajectory changing, I've now run you off into a building type of thing. <laughs> That's cute. Um, and so if we continue, if we just look at each day, it's okay, well, what's, what's small, one small tiny little action that I can take today that can move me closer to this far off goal that I can, that can then become a habit for me. And I'm talking about, um, so some people who are really, uh, overweight and have never established a weight loss or uh, a fitness regimen in their life. Mm -hmm. What's one small little action that you can take now? I know, and you know that if we have something staring us down in our face every single day, it's noticeable. And we, it, triggers a whole series and cascade of different thoughts in our mind. And so that what's one tiny little action? Well, what if you just laid out your clothes the night before, your workout clothes, before mm -hmm. you go to sleep? Yeah, so that's huge. For you, it just stares at your face. No, I'm not saying you have to wake up and put them on. I'm just saying, you know, that's one thing that you can do. Now, I know that usually that cascade will cause you to possibly put them on. Mm -hmm. I'm just looking for like, like what's the next step? Okay, so if I put on my clothes, what the odds are that if you put on your workout clothes, you're going to more than likely work out. Mm -hmm. Okay, now don't try and set a goal of working out two hours. And this is people trying to bite off more than they can chew. No, commit to doing like one to three push-ups the very first time that you're going to work out. Now, I know that if I get you started on doing one push-up, just the, now the ball is rolling. Mm -hmm. well, all I'm looking for is the ball to get rolling and don't and plus if you achieve that one tiny micro goal of doing one push-up you know the endorphins and dopamine dump that you get because you just achieved it because your mind knows that that was a goal that you set and you achieved it now we're not going to wrap a whole bunch of meaning around and there might be people here that are you know listening to you that are proficient health 
not not nuts, but just they're proficient in having great uh, habits. Yeah, I think a lot of us are health nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, so they might look at that and go, well, come on, that's not going to change much. No, but it changed just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people bite off far more than they can do. And so we're looking for just small, little, tiny actions that they can take. And I alluded to one of the really key points of change. And nature is a fantastic example to use as the metaphor. Um, you know, when you, we take a look at the different species of animals that when they're placed on a brand new continent or in a brand new environment because of continental shift or divide or whatever, they start to adapt to the new environment mm-hmm. over the course of a couple of or a few generations. Um, and, and so when people go to set goals or make resolutions, the one thing that they fail to do usually is change their environment, create a environment where you like have to change. And so what are some of those environmental things that we can add into our lives? Well, one is obviously deadlines when nature, when something happens that is not catastrophic, but is um, a major reckoning for an animal, it, it has the deadline. It has to change or else it will die. Right. Because, you know, now it's in an arid climate and the heat will, you know, kill it if it doesn't develop less hair or something like that. <laughs> and so most people don't set deadlines. So there's deadlines that can be set that, and the mind loves deadlines, just period. It does. Mm-hmm. It it sort of goes, if a person isn't necessarily a proficient goal achiever, when you start setting deadlines, it's just jarring to the mind. It goes, oh, wow, Abel's serious about this, finally. Because it's goal-seeking. The mind is a goal-seeking mechanism. That's what it's, it's teleological. It's like that heat-seeking missile. Yeah. It's what it loves. It's what it loves. And so when we give clear deadlines and we have a clarity of a goal of like what it is that we're trying to go after, the mind, it's just... It's like crack to it. It mm-hmm. loves it because especially to people who are you know, somewhat ineffective in their lives, the mind goes, oh, thank God. Finally, you've given me something, a task that I can work on yeah. because I'm so used to you just being completely general with your self-talk and now I have something specific mm-hmm. and it will go to work on it for you at an unconscious and conscious level. So now you'll start to get ideas, people, places, things resources to help marshal together to help achieve that goal. And so it's one it's one thing to just think about the goal or think about the deadline. It's another thing to actually put it on paper and have it sitting in front of you. Yeah. It's another thing to actually submit that deadline and share it with people that you trust. So again, like the great thing about, you know, your podcast and the people that you attract is it's a community of people that are like-minded. Mm-hmm. And my experience is that people love to support other people and share and prompt them forward and you know continue to see that person develop. And so if you've got a community of people around you, it could be just one person even, share that deadline or that goal with that person. But it's one thing to just share that goal or deadline with the person. It's another thing to also identify what are the behaviors in your past that have stopped you from achieving a similar type goal. Absolutely. And and then when you say, so I said, Abel, so if I say, Abel, okay, you know, I've got this eight pounds around my belly that is really frustrating me. I want to dump it. And here are the things that I know prevent me from uh, having or uh, making that happen. One is I love soda. Mm-hmm. I love soda. Root so beer, sugar, right? Root beer is my, root beer is my vice. <laughs> um, and so, you know, 
if you catch me even going to reach for a root beer when we're out and we're in a, a 7-Eleven or whatever we're walking into, you yeah. got to slap my hand. So I'm giving <laughs> you an action. I'm helping you to become my coach in that way. The other thing is when I'm at lunch, I would like to really commit to changing ordering a sandwich and not having breads. Mm -hmm. So if we're out, um, 